Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, man, I was had something clever to say, but it left me as, uh, you know, stage fright, it I guess. Just, I as you looked at me, you just yeah, thought, man, right. I guess we're looking, and I forgot what I was going to say. Well, no, I'm not going to throw you on the bus on that aspect, but I'm, what I'm saying is just, it's just, you know, there's, there's so many things that happen in, in our city, in the world, and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, sometimes you just kind of wonder what's going on from day to day and you know but it's just good to be with friends and and know that god has everything in control yeah yeah i mean we really got a good proof of of god having a say in things last mm-hmm. week i mean as you're alluding to it has been a difficult week um you know with everything going on here and the death of uh the young man here in the city that was beaten by the police yeah. um you know it was inexcusable and you know, but but God came through, you know, instead of people destroying property and, and things being torn up and violent protest, uh, the city of Memphis did a really good job of, of handling this swiftly and bringing the, the perpetrators to indictment and things like that. And, um, you know, there was a lot of prayer. Our bishop was leading prayer services and a lot of rosaries. And then just our faith community together as Christians, you know, ecumenically, uh, you know, all over town, people were praying, and the Lord showed up, and mm-hmm. and uh, really, hopefully, gave the world a blueprint of what situations like this. Hopefully, they never happen again. Right. But if they were to, um, just you know, how well it was handled by the city of Memphis, and that's all God, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I think he he didn't want any more nonsense, so he he allowed peace and things to prevail. So again, we're you know, our, our thoughts are with his family. With Ty- is it Tyree? Ty- I, I want to say it wrong, but Nichols, well, Nichols, yeah, Nichols, Tyree, yeah, Nichols, Tyree yeah. Nichols, and I don't, uh, you know, I don't know even what that must be like for someone to have to go through, especially to see the footage of what happened. But um, our prayers are with their families and with the city and uh, just with with the world, man. That will. We'll stop this kind of mess mm-hmm. and get back to God. And that's what this podcast is about, right? Trying to help us all get back to God. And so I'm excited this week to talk about that, you know, in a different way. Um, you know, this week's going to be a follow-up sort of last week. You know, we talked with um, – we talked last week about – so you don't feel worthy, huh? And that was based on the college student I talked to, um, Kale, about uh, his struggles and his doubts and whether or not he was worthy to – to go into youth ministry the way he thought the Lord was calling him to. Um, and at the end of that episode, you know, Victor, we talked a little bit about, you know, that our faith is not about our feelings, it's about the truth. And so we're going to get into some more of that here today. But before we do, I just want to take a, a minute to say thank you to um, Deacon Charles and the rest of the gang at St. James the Apostle in oh, yeah. Donna, Georgia. Yeah. So we had a wonderful parish mission there this weekend. You know, it was well attended and uh, man, we had receptions and things, and people were just so gracious. And the Lord really worked through the mission. We had a lot of folks come up and say they were moved, and you know, uh, battles with identity, battles with worth, uh, battles with a real relationship with Jesus. They they got a lot of questions answered there, and a lot of help received. Um, a lot of folks went home with rosaries and shirts and all that that blessed us in the ministry as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, the cool thing is there's a picture on my social media now of. Um, the group of guys, we had about 15 guys hang around for the training and they're going to start an amazing group there all based on our four pillars and the leadership training that we're given and going to continue to give them after this. So excited to get a group going in the Atlanta area. 
And I uh, just wanted to give a shout-out to Deacon Charles and all the rest of the guys there for showing up and the women that showed up for the mission um, Saturday morning. I know there's a lot of other things for people to do, but when people show up like that, it's because they're looking for more. And uh, I believe they found the stuff they were looking for. Now they're going to have an, an amazing yeah. men's group in their parish that I know is going to be transformative for them. And so if you're looking for uh, to do the same thing, if you're looking to start a group in your parish and – and uh, get something going, a, a place for men to be authentic, to be real, to have a life-changing place for the men of your parish, to go and change their lives so that they can go and affect the rest of the parish and their families and the world, then give us a shout. You know, you can email me at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go to our website at justaguyinthepew.com, go to the events and book me page, and right there in the center of the page, it talks about men's ministry. You can find us there. Uh, there's a form to fill out. You could set up a call with me and we can get on the phone or Lucy will get in contact with you. We'll get on the phone and we'll set up a time to come because we're, this is what we're called to do in this ministry and it's working. You know, we started over 15 groups last year. We're barely into the first month of the year and we've already got one started this year. Um, we've got several more lined up for February and March and into the summer. So if you're interested in having this, give us a shout. This is what we love to do. And we'll come help you build a place for your men that will be fruit that lasts for a long time to come. So I wanted to say shout, give a shout out to them and then talk about how we can help others find our men's group uh, training and, and, and implementation, Victor. I uh, want to mention here, we are coming uh, closer and closer every day to the pilgrimage to the Holy Land with Father Larry Richards. I was on the phone with him uh, earlier this week, or excuse me, late last week, and he's super excited about it. Uh, I am too. It's just going to be amazing. Going to you know renew wedding vows, it, it, uh, it you know at Cana and going to the Sea of Galilee and all the places where Jesus walked and going to all these beautiful churches that now sit on these places. It's just going to be amazing and to well, walk in the footsteps of Christ. Well, a cool thing too, the movie Chosen, which is like yeah. kind of everyone's watching. You get to kind of like get an idea as you watch the show. You're like, wow, this is this is that storyline yeah. going on right now at this place. It happened right here. Sure, and we're going yeah. to all the spots: Bethlehem, Nazareth, yeah. you know, up to Caesarea Philippi, to Capernaum. Uh, I mean, just all over the place, and it's just going to be an amazing trip. Mm -hmm. So we still have people signing up. We don't have a lot of room left, but we do have room for some more folks. So if you're interested in going hang out with Father Larry, if you're a fan of his, or you know, you want to hang out with me because you're a glutton for punishment, then come on for the trip, and <laughs> and we, we'd love to have you. My wife, Angela, is going to go, and it's just really going to be an awesome time. And that's going to go on from May the 10th through the 21st, and you can sign up now. So if you want to find out more, you want to sign up, you can either go to selectinternationaltravel.com and search my name, pull up the trip that way, or you can go to our website, just to get on go again to the book, uh, events and book me page, and right there, you'll see something about the pilgrimage. You can go in there and sign up there. We'd love to have you. Last and not least, but not least, I want to say thank you. Today, I've been working on the donation letters from last year to send out for everybody's taxes. And was just really overwhelmed by the generosity of so many people. Uh, if it wasn't for your generosity, we wouldn't be able to do the things that we were able to do last year. The, the 15 uh, missions and the 15 men's groups and going to seek and be able to minister to 17,000 people in different ways, the ones that we got to meet and you know shake hands with and spend time with. We wouldn't be able to go to college campuses that we were able to go to. Um, we wouldn't have been able to build this studio and to be able to come into you to you know be able to come to you now on YouTube or uh, audio version of the podcast the way that we are now. Uh, we wouldn't have been able to have our, our speaker series here in the Diocese of Memphis, which has blessed a lot of people. It's just countless and countless things that we were able to do through your generous donations. And so I want to say thank you to all those that have given. And if you're 
sitting here wondering how you could help, how you can get involved, how you could support what we're doing. We'd love to have you, whether it's $10 a month, $100 a month, $1,000 a month, whatever you can do. Uh, every bit of it helps. But you can go to www.donorbox.org slash pew, or you can go to our website, just to get on the pew.com and click donate up there. Become a monthly donor. That's what allows us to grow. We're also able, another another big thing I forgot to mention, able to hire Lucy Frain. You know, we now have a director of marketing and administration, which allows me to focus on so many other things that she takes when she takes care of all this other stuff. So it's another blessing. And we're looking to hire. We've made, you know, collaborations with people like the CMLA, the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance, and we're booking up more than we ever have been. And so we're looking to hire more people to be able to help us implement these things. And we're only able to do that through your generosity. And so if you're looking to be a part of a ministry that's helping a lot of people and a lot of parishes and specifically a lot of men and their families, then go and again, you can sign up at www.donorbox.org slash pew or at just again, the pew.com. You can click the donate button. So anyway, thank you for listening to all that. I know we take a few minutes at the beginning of the week, every show, but it's important. This is our best opportunity to get these informations and these things out in front of you and to say thank you. So Victor, Today, I wanted to talk about feelings again. Feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing more than feelings. Or honestly, uh, the name of the show for today is More Than a Feeling. And right. I know you're a music guy, so you know that's an old Boston song. We're not going to be breaking down the lyrics today or anything. But if we hum, it's okay. That's right, because right. nobody wants to hear us sing. But, right. <laughs> but uh, you know, I heard that song during the week. I was uh, thinking about last week and getting all these emails in about, you know, the way, the impact of last week's episode. And really, people kept bringing up the whole part about feelings. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we were talking about in the context of your worth, right? It's not about your how you feel about whether you're worthy or not. It's about what God says about you. And, and that was one aspect of feelings. But I kept thinking and started thinking more about, man, like feelings are more than that in the faith, too. Like a lot of times um, – you know, when we come to our, when it comes to our faith, we operate out of our feelings, and it's, it could be bad for us in a lot of places because we may not always feel like praying, we may not always feel like reading scripture, we may not always feel like listening to a podcast or going to mass or going to adoration or confession or any of the things that we know we need to do as a as a Christian. And when we allow ourselves to get in that place, then you know we can lose our faith very quickly. We can get in a place where. We maybe feel dry or arid, as is you know the saints have called it before, or desolate in our in our spiritual life. So, you know, this week I wanted to talk about that, and specifically because I, you know God never works on coincidences. You know, I've been reading yeah. this book from Ralph Martin. It's an amazing book. It's called The Fulfillment of All Desires. He wrote this years ago, and it's basically a guidebook for the journey to God based on the wisdom of the saints. And this thing is packed full of how to grow in the spiritual life and specifically like every page has three or four passages, Victor, from saints. And I just happened to be reading this and trying to catch up. I'd put it down and picked it up and put it down and picked it up. And um, it was one of those times where I was picking it up again. And there was a lot of quotes in there from St. John of the Cross, St. Francis de Sales, uh, Francis of de Sales, uh, St. Therese of uh, Lisieux, the little flower, all talking about this danger of living in our feelings and our mm-hmm. faith. And so between that, between the comments from last week and then just where God had me in my own week, looking back at how my feelings have sometimes been a detriment to my growth in the spiritual life. I wanted to talk about that today. Well, you talked about Teresa Lassoo, you know, the little flower. And I mean, of course there are people out there that are more, um, I guess trained in, in her life more than I am. But I do something, I do remember something like listen to, uh, 
follow Alar sometimes from his. Yeah, you know, Chris. Lips, yeah. yeah, follow Chris. Yeah. And uh, so, which I, I love. I, I drive all the time, so that's what I usually listen to. So he's a great teacher. Thought you were listening to us, whatever. And, you know, <laughs> I can't, I don't like hearing myself sometimes. Yeah, you know? I know. But, um, <laughs> Me either. But, uh, but what he was saying is that when she first came into uh, the, co- you know, the, I guess, the where convent, the yeah, convent yeah, yeah. where she went to, and I don't remember the order again. Uh, that's because I didn't study on this, but I'm saying it as sure. I speak in my mind. Um, but she she was thinking about her concept of going there was like I'll be in adoration all the time, you know, I'll be in prayer all the time, and that's what she wanted to do. But when she went there, she was asked to do like little little laborers, you know, like you know clean go clean stuff or do something in the kitchen or whatever and she was annoyed by that because she felt it was taking away from her time of worshiping god you know yeah and it got to the point where it really disturbed her soul and then you know she in in silent prayer he said but that's where you'll find me yeah where where you are where you are not focusing i guess when you're not focusing on yourself i show up yeah. you know and and uh and that's the thing too, you know. We we all have those little things that we're not, we don't like to do, you know. But we know because we're adults, we, you know, adulting, we have to do things we don't want to do. Yeah. You know, and uh, it'd be great to feel awesome all the time, you know, just sure. walking around, you know, like Jim Carrey, you know, and just smiling and stuff, you know. Yeah. Ace Ventura, you know. That well, moment. that's the thing. Like when you're, you know, there, there's is spiritual desolation and consolation, right. and you know, it, it's very easy to worship God, to pray, to do all these things. Like, you know, it's almost like reading a passage where, where St. Paul says, like, pray unceasingly. Mm-hmm. If you're in a good place with God, you're like, amen, all day long. I'm talking to Jesus all day long. But if you've gotten in a place where you're desolate, it seems impossible, right? Like, I don't want to pray. I, I, all I want to do is I've had a bad day. Mm-hmm. I want to sit down and I want to, like, veg out watching YouTube or a, a game or I want to just go and do something completely different. Or maybe I want to have a couple beers or something like that. And we we sacrifice the things that are the very things that are keeping us in a good place yeah. with with Jesus, you know, and and not like checking boxes like all right, see, I've been good, Jesus, but keep us on the right path and keep us in communication and keep us growing that relationship. And and often our spiritual life suffers because we simply don't feel like doing the things that we know we need to do. Every time I feel crazy in my spiritual life, and I go talk to my spiritual director, he's like, "Well, have you been praying? Mm-hmm. No." Have you been going to mass because I haven't seen you? No. Have you been? And, and every single time I'm like, okay, I'm not doing the things I know keep me in the place I need to be. So why am I surprised that that I'm not in a place I need to be? Right. And and you know a good example, and, and I've got some quotes here from folks is is um, you know Saint Francis de Sales. He talks about or de Sales. He talks about just how yes, it's difficult in those places of desolation or those places of aridity which is spiritual dryness for someone who may not know what that means. But that's exactly where we find more blessing. He said, one single act done with aridity of spirit is worth more than many done with feelings of devotion. You know, and he, his book, that comes from his book, The Devout Life, right? right. And it's talking about, you know, all about how to be more devout to our Lord. And, you know, we find ourselves in, in situations like this all the time where we don't feel like doing something and we allow ourselves not to. Because we just give in, and, and obviously we want to be comfortable. This doesn't make me feel comfortable right now, you know. It's just, oh, I feel put out. I mean, how many, I guarantee there's plenty of people listening right now that did Bible in a year last year, or they're doing catechism in a year now, this year with Father Mike Schmitz and Ascension, and there were days they didn't feel like doing it. And guess what? Like one day they didn't feel like doing it, the next mm-hmm. day they didn't feel like doing it or got busy. Next thing you know, they're four or five days behind, and they give up. 
Well, that's a good example of what often happens in our spiritual life. When we, when we allow those times where we don't feel like doing things to drive our actions. And it can get us in a place that's very difficult. Um, it can be, you know, uh, a place where, where we start to turn away from the Lord and start turning back towards that comfort of the world. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I know exactly what that is because I've, I've been in a moment of aridity and like where on my travels in my territory, there's um, mostly Mississippi. So yeah. there's, there's, there are, there are Catholic churches in those areas, but they're not always open. And, and I usually know where those are open and I go to like, for instance, when I was in Oxford, Mississippi and I sent you that picture while I went in and like, it was like the timing of the sun coming through the, the, the portal light right there above the, the, you know, tabernacle and the altar. It was, at first I was like, I don't have time to do this. I got, I got to answer emails. I got to do stuff, but it's my lunch break. So I want to go in and, and sit there. And by doing that, it, it, it helped me so much because I, I wasn't, I almost drove right by it, yeah. you know, and I said, I, I can't do this, God, I'm sorry. I, but but that, that, that feeling going, no, you need this. So I pull in and go, all right, fine. I go in there and I, I got to witness, uh, just that moment, you know, yeah. where the sun peeking through and just like the kind of like warmth from the sun hitting me. I'm like in a dark church, you know, yeah. it was, the lights were I remember off the and, picture. It was a yeah. Cool so picture. it was kind of <laughs> like, that was the kind of like, see, you need this, and and that's what we all we all had those feelings. We all we know we we get those messages from time to time. Sure. Well, and we've and, all you've heard guys in our group, right? How many yeah. times have we heard like I don't want to go tonight, or you know, or you'll you'll put it out on the messenger and say, Hey guys, we're doing this tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think I'm going to make it. I have a hard week. I don't feel like coming tonight, or I don't. And and it's a shame because like every single time you give into that you miss a blessing of the Lord. Like mm-hmm. I remember times where Nick and I both showed up and we're like, man, I don't want to be here either, but you know, we got to be here. And at the end of the night, we're leaving going like, man, I'm so glad that I came like this was, I, this is exactly what I needed. And right. what does the devil do? He tries to convince you that you don't need it. So you put it down and you know, St. John of the cross, he, he's got a quote where he's talking about something similar like this, where when we're not feeling these like, butterfly feelings if you will in prayer or Mm -hmm. or activities we're doing for god that that often we give them up he says you know and he's saying they meaning the people he's talking about in in us really says once they do not find delight in prayer or any other spiritual exercise they feel extreme reluctance and repugnance in returning to it and sometimes even give it up they are like children who are prompted to act not by reason but by pleasure always hunting for some gratification in the Mm -hmm. things of god and this is the thing, we shouldn't be doing our, our, our devotions and our spiritual practices looking for grat- gratification from God. We should be doing it out of love, you know, and out of wanting to stay in, in his good graces and having that mindset always on, you know, the eternal, not, not mm-hmm. the temporal, not what's here in front of us and right now. But too often we live in the now and we say, well, I'm tired in this moment. Well, I'm angry. Well, I'm exhausted. Well, all I want is 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 to go pop a top on one and, and just forget about the world. But the very thing that will help us do that are these practices that draw us closer to God. But we're, if we're not careful about it, then we wind up, you know, setting these things down. And before you know it, we're miles and miles away from God. Right. And then we're in a place we don't want to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, going back on to you know the the scriptures you're talking about is yeah. like you know for some reason that the the angry child or whatever that the 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 child that wants it craves attention right yeah i mean sometimes i know i have acted as if a childish in my ways where i didn't get like 
something I wanted, you know, with sure. a job or recognition or whatever, because I feel like I, I deserve this. I worked hard for this. And, and for people of faith, you know, it's like, we're, we're supposed to be submit to being humble. Right. Yeah. And God knows everything we do our heart. Right. So, so I, I have to be very careful that I'm not that petulant child that throws a temper tantrum, breaks my toy, throws it away, <laughs> and then I see someone else playing my broken toy, and they then get jealous because like sure. that was a gift I gave my that I had at one time, you know? Yeah. Because I didn't I didn't take what was given to me and held it as important. Yeah. You know, and it happens very often in our life, right? I mean, you can get a- a- angry at other people when you see them making progress in the spiritual right. life and things like that, and you wonder why not me? Why don't I feel that way? Why can't I be joyful all the time? Why can't I seem to have it all together like them. And of course, you know, the word sin is in comparison. So we shouldn't spend a lot of time comparing ourselves with anybody else, period. Right. But, you know, you got to look at it like you're saying and, and, and take responsibility. If I'm not where I want to be, it's not somebody else's fault. That's often the way of the world, right? I'm not where I want to be because of them and, and that person and they didn't do this and, and, and they held me down or they kept me back. That's not the approach we have to have in our spiritual life. We all have a door open to the grace and mercy of God, but we have to be able to put into place the practices and the and the spiritual life that we need to have to be able to experience those things. And and again, it's not about our feelings because God doesn't live in our feelings, mm-hmm. right? The devil's the one that smiles when we operate out of our feelings. I mean, if you think about that statement, like the devil's the one that wants you to live in your feelings. Oh, yeah. You know, because... He says, oh, yeah, you don't feel like it, so don't, right? You deserve it. You've been working hard. Just don't put it. God will wait for you. He's forgiving. You know, you almost hear those things around. He'll be okay if you don't talk to him for a couple of days. And the whole time he's over there, you know, sliding his hands together and laughing like, yeah, they're buying it. They're buying it. And and if you look at it, he operated out of his feelings, and that's why he's in hell, mm-hmm. right? He he saw that God made us and that God held us in greater esteem. Like these are made, you, you know, let's make them in our own image and likeness. So he put us above the angels, if you will. He got angry, he got envious, he got prideful, and he revolted. And because he lived out of his feelings a moment, much like we do when right. we let our feelings get the better of us, he revolted against God. And what happened? He was kicked out of heaven, and now he is the evil one, and he is going to spend his eternity in hell. And he spends his time trying to get us to do the same thing so that we spend our life there with him. You know, God doesn't operate in our feelings. You know, he doesn't operate that way. And this is something else, another quote here. We got a lot of quotes today because I think they all fit so well. But St. Francis of Sales talks about this too. Again, he talks about the good feelings that we experience or that we seek out when we're doing these things instead of just trying to, to merely go through the devotion or the prayer or the work because it's what we should be doing in gratitude to God, right, in a growing relationship with him. He says... The good feelings they experience are no better than spiritual mushrooms. Not only are they not true devotion, but very often they are tricks played by the enemy. He charms such souls with these trifling consolations to make them content and satisfied with such things and keep them from further search for true, solid devotion. So again, he's saying like these are tricks of the devil where we're just sitting there looking for these consolations and when we don't experience them... um, you know, he, he's trying, or when we do experience them, he tries to make you content with them so that you lay down your devotions and go, no, I'm great. I feel good. I don't need any more prayer mm-hmm. today. I'll be able to take a week off and you stop praying. All of this or all of these things are snares the devil's laying for us. So we have to remember in our life, Victor, that, that, um, that the devil's the one that operates out of the feel out of feelings, but God operates in truth and love. And, 
Anybody that wants to be a great saint, or if you want to be a saint, then that means you have to get to heaven. Anybody that's been a great saint or a martyr, they're the ones that were that that you know personify this. Because some the reason they're great saints and martyrs is because they they you know because of their abil- their ability to avoid falling into the trap of of getting caught up in their feelings. Right? They didn't sit around and mope about it. Or if they did, they learned from it and they moved forward. And they said, the reason I'm in a bad place is because I'm all caught up in my own feelings. And my feelings don't control me. I control them. I don't have to listen to them. Right? I don't have to give them time in my life. That's what St. Paul means by you know taking every thought captive and making obedience to Christ or renewing your mind, as he talks about in Scripture. And this is the thing, like, I'm sure St. Paul didn't feel like getting beaten and and flogged and arrested and shipwrecked and snake bit and rolled down a hill Mm -hmm. and eventually beheaded. I'm sure he didn't feel like that at all. And you can even hear it in some of his letters where he's weary from his trials. But yet again, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice because at the end of the day, he knew it wasn't about his present circumstances or his feelings where he was. It was about his love of God and God's, more importantly, God's love for him. And that that is what drove him to continue to persevere and to endure was it or to in, not endure endure because he knew that it wasn't about his feelings it was about love and the truth of who God was and who God was calling him to be. Well, talk about the master tactician as as the devil is. You yeah, know I mean, like the the great book we've talked about this before, Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis, who Screw Tape is the 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 senior devil or whatever writing to his nephew Wormwood, you yeah, know, and it, sure. Wormwood was assigned to this, this man to try to, you know, lead him away from the enemy, you know, which in the book was God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the tactics that the devil uses is the same tactics he's used on everybody since, you know, Adam and Eve. Sure. There's nothing new out there. And the thing yeah. is what protects us from those temptations is, is the older we get, the wiser we become if we stay within, you know, the, the Scripture. If we stay within prayer, if we stay close to Christ, whether that's you know visiting the tabernacle, we get to identify those those tried and true tactics that He's used on everybody to where we can see it come before it hits us. A temptation, like oh, there He is, He's trying to do it again, sure. you know. And then and then it gets to the point where like in the Scripture letters, it doesn't work anymore, yeah. you know. And so it's kind of like they moved on. So I mean, this the attack is going to be there, but it's not going to be as pervasive attack you know and that's by surrounding yourself with the holy spirit being in prayer being with people who are like-minded with you in the sense of faith and building their faith and just constantly being like a, a person who just wants to seek a, to live holy yeah and, i mean you're right because i had a woman come up to me at the at the retreat this past weekend and she was talking about how she struggles with worth and she's like how do i get past this how do i get past the thoughts in my head and so i spent some time with her beyond you know the talks and things and i just said look like at the end of the day when the devil shows up and tells you you're not worthy, just tell him, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Just tell him I know. Like, yep, sure do, because you're not giving me any new news. I know I'm not right. worthy, but yeah. God says I'm still worthy, and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we talked about that a lot last week, but at the end of the day, you know, it's not about our feelings. It's about love. And the thing is, Victor, love is often written away as another is a feeling, right, is an emotion and a feeling. But love is more than a feeling. It's an act of the will. You know, and what I mean by that is, you know, I don't always feel like doing what my kids want. Mm. You know, my wife's in here and I probably have to pay for this later, but I always, I don't always feel like doing what Mm. Angela wants. She doesn't feel like doing what I want, but yet we do these things because we love each other out of love. It, it, love doesn't mean I always feel like I'm going to, you know, dance the tulips and run through the rainbows and stuff 
when when I'm I asked like, to do laundry. I would like to see that though. That's right. Yeah. We have a green uh, screen one of these days. Tall. I might be able to get up to. <laughs> I want I want a green screen with tulips and the rainbows. Yeah. The, <laughs> no one wants to see that. I'm sure. My That'd my your, my your coordination. Next, I'd probably trip and fall into some your, tulips. <laughs> picture your next donor letter. <laughs> and, right? and crash the rainbow. <laughs> that's right. But uh, but no, I mean that's the thing. Like. We don't always like, when when Angela says, "Hey, go do fifteen loads of laundry." It's mm-hmm. not like I'm sitting there going, "Yay, all right," you yeah. know. But it's not about how I feel. It's about no. My wife's asked me to do something I love her, and I'm going to go take care of that. My kids want me to watch some show that I would rather shoot myself in the head than watch, you mm-hmm. know. But I'm going to do it because they they're asking me to spend time with them. That's the same way that we have to think about our relationship with God. Is is I'm doing this because God has done so much for me and I love him and it doesn't matter how I feel because let's be honest like we talked about St. Paul and the martyrs Mm -hmm. I'm sure Jesus didn't feel like having nails driven through his his hands and his feet I'm sure Jesus didn't feel like having you know three inch thorns shoved into his head I'm sure he didn't feel like having his back and his sides and every bit of his flesh ripped open with with the tools of the Romans right I I'm sure he didn't feel like doing all that, but he loved us so much and he loved, more importantly, his father so much that he said, your will be done, not mm-hmm. mine, right? It's, it was an act of the will, not what I want, but what you want. And in a given moment, that's what, the same thing we have to tell ourselves is I may not feel like praying right now, but Lord, I know that I need to do this. Father, I know I need to do this. So not my will be done, but yours. You know, I've started playing the, praying the liturgy of the hours lately. It takes a while. And, and sometimes it's a burden. I'm like, oh. I got to do this before I can go eat that steak I just cooked in there. But I do it because it's making me a better person. And the practice keeps me in a better mindset all day long with putting God first in my life. And that's what we need at the end of the day. Our, our faith life can't just be about a series of mountaintop experiences or spiritual highs. You know, Victor, I've been on calls a lot lately with men that runs with that run men's conferences. I can't talk today. I'm stumbling over my words a lot. I apologize. that for, for I can't even say that right. I apologize <laughs> for that, people. Um, the devil's trying to tongue twist me because he knows yeah. it must be something people need to hear. But yeah, I've talked to a lot of guys on these calls with men's leaders lately. And, you know, so many of them have said, man, we've been putting on men's conferences for years and thinking this is where the fires are going to go back to the parish. And while we need these great, uh, these great days, they're like flames that are, you know, attracting moss, mm-hmm. attracting moss to the flame. The real work happens when we go back and we build these communities, right? The, the, the lasting fruit of that, not to say the real work, but the lasting fruit but oftentimes we go to these conferences and we get shot up that roller coaster and we're like, woohoo, you know, Saturday night, we're like, yeah, man, I'm on fire for Jesus. I'm going to change the world. And I'm going to be the best disciple ever. And then Monday we're like, mm-hmm. you know, we're petered out and our sins wait for us and all of these things and the bo- difficult boss or the difficult people in our life are, are there. And, and we come right down that roller coaster. And it's not about that. Like Jesus even shows Peter this. If you want to talk about an example of this with the, the transfiguration, right? They go up the mountain. And it's Peter, James, and John, Jesus' uh, closest three friends. They go up there, and all of a sudden, you know, they hear a voice from heaven. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. You know, there's Jesus, you know, transfigures and turns into, uh, it starts glowing, right? It says light is radiating off of his face. And then Moses and Elijah show up. And what does Peter do? Yeah, man, let's build three tents. Let's stay here. And Jesus kind of looks at him and paraphrasing here, of course. He says, no, we got to go back down the mountain and get to work. Like, we can't just stay here and... And so we've got to be wary of these, the same thing in our own spiritual life. Like our spiritual life can't be about whenever we have these spiritual highs and these moments, because if you're going to be basically, you know, running around like an addict, like chasing the high that you never can get enough. You're never going to have that same feeling every each and every time. And what happens? You start to just do more and more for the wrong reasons. 
or you start to give it up because you can't find the high you once had. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. It's about doing what we're called to do out of God's love for us and our love for him. And, and you know, this is really the question for today is, you know, for the men and for ourselves, Victor, and everybody listening, the women listening too, is, you know, the question is, who are you going to be when you come back down that mountain? Because that's what's going to determine what kind of follower of Jesus you're going to be. Is, is when you come back down that mountain, are you going to come down like Eeyore and moping around in your life and sad and woe is me? Or are you going to just say, you know what? It's not about how I feel. It's about what God has done for me and my gratitude to what's been done and my desire to be with him forever. Am I going to allow that to speak into my heart and into my mind when I'm in those moments where I don't feel like doing the things that I know God has one called and asked me to do that I need to do to stay in relationship with him and that my family and the world needs me to do so that I could be that light that I'm called to be. Well, yes, man. Good job. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. But go ahead. I know you have some how tos, right? Because you yeah. always leave us with some like tidbits of information and wisdom. And sure, and go ahead and feed, yeah. feed me. Sorry to catch you off guard. Feed there. me. No, I was <laughs> sorry. I was listening so close to your words. Yeah, and, feed me, Seymour. What's right. that uh, little shop of horrors? Yeah. There you go. But no, you're right. I do have some how tos here because I know people always ask that. Like, yeah. okay, well, great, John. I don't want to feel like I'm spiritually dead all the time. I want to do the things I know. That I'm not supposed to do, that I'm supposed to be doing in my life all the time. How do I, how do I beat back those those feelings of I don't you know of I don't want to right mm-hmm. now, and the how to I mean first one I would say is get out of yourself. You said this earlier in the podcast. Get out of yourself and focus on God and what He's done for you. You know, whenever we're feeling like we're not receiving something we should, you know, we don't feel like we're getting the feeling out of something we should we're looking for something on our end. Like we're looking to gain something. It's about us, mm-hmm. right? And how I want to feel in the moment. And I don't feel all, all happy and warm and fuzzy and my hair on my arm isn't standing up. So therefore I don't feel like doing this anymore. And we become like the child that takes our ball and goes home. Well, that's not what it's about. We need to always be focused on, on gratitude in those moments. Well, I don't feel like it, but you know what? God, let me live another day. God, let my children and my wife live another day and be healthy. God allowed food to be on my table today. It's 32 degrees outside. There's an ice storm coming. God gave me a place where I can be warm and live inside and have the things that we need to stay uh, out of danger, Mm -hmm. right? How about those things? God gave me plenty of friends in my life, like Victor. God gave me a men's group, right, to go into to refocus my spiritual life with this week. When we live out of gratitude, it spurs our generosity, not only to do for others, but for to do for God and our time with him. So that's the number one thing I would say is get out of yourself. Whenever you, you start to feel those feelings crashing down on you, depression, all those things, when you may not be feeling the, the spiritual consolations that you look for in your life, then realize it's not about you. It's about God and start focusing on him. Two, keep your eyes on eternity. If you're living with an eternal perspective, you keep things in the right order. If you're just worried about what's going on here in your day-to-day life and you get stuck in those things, those are the bad you know, experiences, the things that go wrong in our life. Those are the things that make us go, I don't want to do anything else today. I don't feel grateful, so I'm not going to be grateful. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to mm-hmm. go to Mass. I'm not going to read Scriptures. I'm not going to be the best dad or husband to my wife and my kids. And so you, you got to take your eyes off the here and now and the temporal and place them on eternity. Because when you think about that, you think that's where I want to wind up being. It's not about where I am in the moment. It's about who I want to be with and where I want to be in the end. And I know what I need to do to get there. And it's a good reminder of that. Three, remind yourself what you're willing to do for the ones you love. And think about how much more God deserves the same act of the will. Right? Just as much as I will do for my wife and children because I love them and I want them to be happy and I want them to know that I love them. Even more so, we need to do that for God first and foremost. So remember that. Like, 
look at God the same way. Not, I mean, he's obviously God, so don't compare him to, mm-hmm. to human beings. But look at how you how you tend, choose to love and, and have acts of the will to love those in your family and love him even more with the same type mentality. of Even though I may not feel like getting up and going to the Adoration Chapel right now because it's icing outside, I want to go be with God, and I need to be with God, so I'm going to do that. Just an example of where we are today with the weather. Mm-hmm. And lastly, finally remember that true devotion to God is not about feelings but love and truth. You know, St. Francis de Sales says that too. He says, true devotion consists in a constant and resolute, prompt and active will to do whatever we know is pleasing to God. So that's what we need to keep in our hearts and our mind. And then finally, from St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, you brought her up earlier. She says, in times of aridity, when I'm incapable of praying, of practicing virtue, I seek little opportunities, mere trifles to give pleasure to Jesus. For instance, a smile, a pleasant word when inclined to be silent and to show weariness. If I find no opportunities, I at least tell him again and again that I love him, that it's not difficult and it's and it keeps it is not difficult and it keeps alive the fire in my heart. Even though this fire of love may seem extinct, I would still throw little straws upon the ember and I'm certain it would rekindle. How sweet is the way of love. In the end, it's not about feelings, it's mm-hmm. about love, and love is not just a feeling, it's an act of the will. So anybody out there that's struggling with this, go back and listen to this again. Look, especially these how-to points. They're the things that have helped me in my life. Our faith is not about our feelings. And if you allow it to be that way, you're going to give in to the devil more often than not. Look at what's been done for you. Be grateful in those things. Always remind yourself about you want to get to heaven with Jesus and you want your family to come with you. And the only way that happens is if you're leading them as a man well. And so you've got to be grateful for what's been done for you and always operate out of that. And you're going to find yourself being able to get out of those periods of dryness. And you're going to find yourself listening to the truth and the love of God instead of the way you feel in any given moment. So, Victor, let's take this all to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, too often we can allow growth in our spiritual lives and our relationship with you to be sabotaged by the way we feel at any given moment. The devil wants us to live in our feelings instead of the truth and your love for us. On those occasions, help us to remember that we are not slaves to the way we feel. And Father, whenever we start to make decisions in our spiritual lives based on our feelings, remind us of your great love for us and the gratitude we should have for it. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com. Or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.